Okay, so uh, there's a lot to unpack in this episode. Right, I, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. Um, but what I will say is that this is our first episode in a few weeks where we don't have a guest, uh, just the two of us again. Yep. And I because would boy oh boy, is there plenty to cover. Yeah, exactly. I, I you know, I want to thank all of our guests that we've had recently, and we definitely plan to do some more. Absolutely. Um, believe it or not, we've actually got a lot of new uh, listeners over the last couple of weeks. And welcome, you know, welcome. Thanks so for if joining guys, us. If you are new this week, um, or if you've been listening to us forever, we are the Balcony Chatter Podcast. I am Andrew McKenney. I am with my co-host Tim Taylor. Yes, How are it's we? funny because of. You know, the, the the show, so we'll just get that out of the way. Tool man. Tim the tool man, Taylor, right? Tim Allen is my dad. Yep, that's um, true. Yep, spiritually. Um, and we're we're not experts. We're not experts by any means. We're just fans just like you, and uh, we hope you'll engage with us as well as listen along. Totally. Um, with that being said, I don't know where to begin. I have an expert breakdown of of, uh, of everything that's gone on <laughs> so, gone on for Boston on the ice. So us not being experts, let's give our expert opinion on yeah. on the uh, the Bruins. I guess. Yeah. What, Go for it. Or what do you think? I think a, I think a nice way to start this because you know we don't we try not to say everything that you're already going to hear anywhere else. What 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 did you like, Andrew? Also, we should mention we're recording this on Thursday, uh, August sixth. Yep. So the Bruins just lost to Tampa last night, uh, or yesterday afternoon for West Coast people. Yeah, but, so uh, so that's that's what I'm most frustrated about, is we had said in our laps, last episode that we were going to wait a few days um, and talk about some of the, the games, whether it be hockey or basketball, to come back. And I was really hoping we'd have a lot more positive things to talk about here. And we really don't. So I will tell you that... The things that I did like um, were probably the second half of the last of the game the Bruins played against Tampa. Um, the first half was terrible. Yeah, um, they really didn't come around until about halfway through the game, and and that's not going to be enough to win. I was talking to a buddy um, of mine, Brian Bardis, and uh, shout out Brian uh, Valor Afternoon. He, we were talking, and he was saying. That he thinks that's the first time they've shown up since the return of the bubble. I'd agree. What would you think? I I one hundred percent agree with that. Um, I think there was a couple things that made them show up. I think that they realized that they are really they they haven't showed up since or until that point was one. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them, not, I shouldn't say a lot, but a couple of them are playing for an actual roster spot. Right. Um. So they really can't afford to be playing poorly like that. Uh, we saw what happened with Jack uh, Studnico where he didn't play the game against Tampa because they basically said that they brought in Richie and Kashe to win in the playoffs, and they benched him essentially because of that. Yeah. Um, so that was that I, was Sweeney's, you know, that was Sweeney's deadline moves. Yeah, exactly. Those, those so, players that he always acquires there are going to be playing in the playoffs. Right. That's just been the case since they, they started running the ship. And I, I have maybe a, an unpopular take um, on this, but I actually think that he was one of the better players throughout the first couple games. Who? Stanika. No, okay, Stanika. Okay, yeah. So it, if he had played, I would have been pretty happy with that. I'm a big fan of Jake DeBrusque. I don't think that he's playing well at all. No. I don't think that he should be benched, but at the same time, he he got outplayed in the first two games by Studnika and and I that's I feel like we're in a position right now for Jake DeBrusque where he has to play very well because his his uh he wants a big contract his agent wants a big contract and he is not playing like he should deserve like he deserves a big contract I mean if if you ask me tomorrow who if I had to make a decision where if we sign DeBrusque, we can't sign Krug, or if we sign Krug, we don't sign DeBrusque, I'm taking Krug all day. Yeah. There, there's no question. I understand that he DeBrusque probably has a longer career ahead of him and has a lot of potential. DeBrusque will be the classic Bruin that goes somewhere else, and you're like, ah, oh, we should have held on to him, but then you're really going to sit and think and realize why we didn't that yeah, year. And like, uh, like, kind of like a Riley Smith type deal. 
the only way that I see it hurting us really is if he goes out to another team and scores 40 goals a year. Yeah. So, but I feel like you have that same player, DeBrusque in Bjork or Studnika or whoever, like that could eventually get into that role and, and play. I, today, DeBrusque is not a second line winger. He's not playing that way. So I think that, you're not going to pay him that money to have him on your third line. Exactly. So it's it's he needs to be playing for his contract right now that he so desperately wants. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting there. But I think, like I said, a few things really, um, really made them start playing. There was that dirty hit against Bjork um, where he was going down and the guy – very clearly, if you're asking me, and I'm not trying to say this as a homer, but he very clearly was trying to injure him. I mean, the the hit was super blatant. Um, I understand that it was a little bit awkward. Uh, Bjork was going down to one knee to take a, a one-timer, but it was a very avoidable hit. Guy ended up getting no um, suspension, no fine, no nothing. So, whatever. But it kind of got the team a little riled up. They got them going a bit. Um, there was Krug had a fight. There was a few things that really got the team, uh, got their legs under them. And you could tell because they started scoring and they really started hustling. Yeah. Um, another thing that I noticed was Tuca finally started to get into his groove about halfway through the game as well. Right. He came up with some really big saves. I mean, he let up some stinkers, but he came up with some big saves in that game. Yeah, there's flashes of him, his regular season self. Right. Um. One other takeaway that I wasn't too thrilled about, but it is what it is. At the beginning of the game, I was watching the pregame stuff, and they had talked to Marshan, and he had basically said, you know, I don't know. Tell me how you feel about this after, after, but he had basically said, you know, these games we don't really get going as much as we would if it was an elimination game. So, you know, these games don't mean as much to us. Yeah, we're playing for seeding, but we're not going to go out there and give it 110%. I hate that attitude. When we don't get eliminated. I hate the attitude. That's those are the that's the attitude of a guy who gets blindsided and gets caught on his ass and surprised. Uh and you know we're talking about Brad Marshawn who has 3 shots in all yeah. these games. He has 3 shots since returning from quarantine. 3 shots so, over 2 games. Wagner has 2 goals. Brad Marshawn has 3 shots. Yeah, I was going to say that, too. I mean, Wagner seems to be the only guy that is showing up every game. I'll tell you, he's going to get his next contract. He should. (laughs) But, so, on the flip side of this, the the other reason why I'm kind of curious on your opinion is, do you think that he does have a point to an extent? And what I mean by that is, every year we go into the playoffs super banged up. Regardless of who we play, and then we get banged around, too, because they know that they can which doesn't make any sense to me. I still don't understand that. You have some of these big guys in here, like Carlo supposedly put on five pounds of muscle through, through this yeah, uh, layoff. That. Yeah, And you have McAvoy, who's a big kid, and you have Chara, who's clearly a beast. Shout out to I mean, Chucky for scoring, though. Yeah, he needed that. He Definitely. needed that for confidence. With all the trouble of the year, that's it's great to have him be one of the guys who tallied on the board. Yep. But, yeah. But so do you think that it kind of holds a little bit of weight for him to say something like that? I mean, I, that's the thing. You could say that to your teammates, but I don't think that you need to say that to the to the media because they're just going to twist not. it on you. Yeah, absolutely not. And I don't know. I think this is just a – it's weird. It, it It is weird. Like, I find basketball is a little more similar to before than hockey. So I think there's an there's an element of like getting your footing. And just as was anticipated about how it would be a level playing field, I mean, we're seeing teams get bounced in these three-game series that we weren't necessarily expecting it by any means. Yeah, totally. So, so I I just I worry about that mentality in this instance. If you're coming down the stretch in the last 2 weeks and you're not playing hard, that's one thing, but it's just like this is a whole new beast. And it's so close to elimination games that I don't like it. It doesn't make me feel good, and it, it, it kind of annoys me. I understand the the sensation. I just I hope he knows what the hell he's talking about. And it's not that I don't trust him. It's just like I, I the last thing I want to do is get blindsided. And it's just like the the team we've seen just looks like it, anything could get stolen from him. 
Well, this this team right now will not make it out of the first round. No, absolutely and, not. And not not even the first round won't be interesting. No. So here here's the the other part of this is that we have officially lost the first seed. There is no way that we're getting that first seed. We can't even get the second, can we? I I don't think so. I think that if we were to tie with somebody for a second, then we could we would get we would probably get the win. Although I don't know. I mean, if say it was the Flyers that we were tied with, they beat us in the round robin. So wouldn't they get the better seeding? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but regardless, right now we're looking at either playing Pittsburgh in the first round or Carolina. I don't want to play either of those teams. No. I understand that we beat Carolina last year. We swept them in the Eastern Conference Finals, but they're they're rolling right now. Yeah. They're actually playing like a team. We look lost out there. I'll take I don't I'll, I'll take Pittsburgh who is dropping games to the to the Habs. Well, yeah, if Pittsburgh were to beat Montreal, we would play Pittsburgh. At least that's what I was reading. And if if Montreal was to win, we would play Carolina. So, I'm sure that this could change and Montreal's I and I could 2-1 too. Right. I could be wrong, but both of those teams have Here's the thing. The 4th seed is playing the best team out of these out of the out of their out of these games, right? Right. Because the, there's there's his seeding as well. Whoever's in the, who's that, whoever the first seed is going to get the worst team, right? Correct. Based off record, I imagine not after how long it took their series to go. I believe that's that is correct. So in, the four seed is getting the most difficult team, or whoever just performed the best. And granted, I guess we're going off a very short series, and what does that even really mean? I don't know. It's just again, it, it circles back to I I understand the notion. We just didn't have hockey for 5 months and you're doing this. I so don't think it's the same thing. And there's a difference between getting beat and just getting torched. Like we're not even making these games interesting. We made the second half of the Tampa Bay game interesting, but the Flyers game was terrible. The Columbus game was terrible. Like the, the, this is not the team that we saw before. This layoff is it seems to have hurt us more than anybody else for some yeah. reason. And and not to mention our next game we're going up against Washington who has had our number for what 25 games. We've beat them what one time, something like that. I mean, this this I do not have high hopes. Another Brian shout out. He said uh, I I think we can beat the the Capitals and and I I like you have said the same shit. Why? What, what What makes you think that? that like, now I think we're going to get blown out by them. And he goes, that's why. Yeah, of course we can. It would perfectly sum up us to, yep. just, to just get bounced by two teams that we think we should have. I, listen, Philly was a bit more of a question mark to me. I thought Philly could take it from us. Lightning, I expected us to come out and punch them in the fucking mouth, and I can't believe what I witnessed yesterday. And so, But like with that, it's just like, yeah. I'm expecting us to lose to Washington, and I guess that's the reason why we could win it. I mean, they're not looking too hot either, to be honest. But right. I mean, we could take the th- – it, it, it honestly is like it's a battle for the third seed pretty much, right? I think so. Well, I, I think that they're playing Philly too, so before us. Um, mm. So they very well could lose, and then it, I, then it is that. Then it is, yeah, battle for the, the third seed here. Um, but <sighs> – I don't know, man. It's really not looking great for us. I mean, no, they okay. They played the Flyers today. They lost three one. Okay, so so we're yeah. playing for so we're playing them for third. Yep. Which, I mean, that's gonna be a big deal, I think. And the way I always look at this is, you have to beat everybody to get to the finals. So, regardless of who you end up having to play, you have to play everybody. You have to play a bunch of teams in order to get to the finals. So. It shouldn't really matter who you're playing against. Like, of course, we want to play. We want that number one seed. We want to play somebody like, you know, Florida or the Islanders if they were to make it, or either either of those teams or something like that. Because I feel very confident that we could beat those teams. Yeah. I feel less confident playing against somebody like Pittsburgh or somebody like I don't even like whoever it could be. Um, Carolina, even they they have a good team. It's just. Right. They're not showing that they can even hang right now, which no. is crazy because they're the President's Trophy winners, which 
We know how we feel about that, but right. they should be playing a lot better than this. They should be making these games close. Yeah. Tampa game was close. The other two games were not. Leafs or Jackets scare you? I mean, I know the Leafs probably don't, but Jackets. Uh, Columbus more than, than Toronto. Yeah, I'd agree. But I'm not even so sure that Toronto's going to make it. You know, you know when the Bruins play next? Sunday at a time to be determined. Yeah, incredible amount of time off. <laughs> not to mention, what time is it? Yeah, right. It's yeah. So, someone started, at, I guess noon. I guess so. But they got like yeah, they got noon time games. They got nine a.m. games for the. Wait, for so us out here. who who else has games that day? On Sunday. Yeah. Uh, well, depending on if, if these series go on, it would probably be, because, like, that's the last day of dates. So oh, it right. Would be, so it that's would be why it's to be determined. For, uh, Blue Jackets and Leafs, Panthers and Islanders, Wild Canucks, Coyotes, Predators, should it get there? And then for Round Robins, it's us, Caps, and Stars Blues wrapping it up. Okay, so that, that makes sense as to why it, it is to be determined, because the, I, th- I, I would imagine that those other games like Florida and, and Islanders or Toronto and Columbus, if they need to happen, will take priority. Right. In terms of time slot, yeah, probably. Yeah. Those will be like the nationally broadcast games. I think that that – I don't think that all of these series are going the full length. I think that – No. I mean, either. The Islanders are going to win the next game and end that series. Yep. Um, I don't know what the Toronto Columbus series is at right now, but it's uh it's one one and the um, and uh, that one might right go now, the distance. And the Leafs are up one nothing after one. It's one one and it's one nothing after one. That one might go five games. Yeah, I mean it's one. They're one and one right now. Um, yeah, granted several others were too, but yeah, uh, the Canucks look good. It's weird. All these teams that were annoying but not relevant are going to get a cup run yeah well so that was another interesting thing just to to, you know get a little bit sidetracked here um Barry Trotz the coach for the Islanders had made a comment today saying that he likes this 2014 format and he thinks he thinks that it should be this way every year to which I say of course you want that because you are always on the cusp of making the playoffs. And this would allow you, the Islanders, to be in every single year, I, I would think. But I'm good I'm good with it without the, the top four round robining. See, I'm not. And and my reason the reasoning that I'm not is because you have an eighty two game season. A lot of these teams work really hard and play very hard to get to where they are. So now it's basically like, well, everybody gets in. So, you know, what's the point of the regular season at that point? Not everybody, but you know what I mean. Like, the majority of teams will get in. Yeah. So, to me, it just seems like a participation trophy. Because then you're going to eventually have the, the, the part where your number one seed, potentially the Bruins, gets knocked off by the very lowest seed out there. And it's a huge upset, which is always great for sports if you look at it that way. Like the underdog is always cool to root for if your team's not in it. But and hockey is the is the league where that happens most, I'd say. Right, but uh, to me, it just seems like you. I, I don't want that many teams in the playoffs. There's a reason that only a certain amount of teams make it. Yeah, and that's because they deserve it. Yeah. I just, I, I guess it's like a March Madness aspect for me. Like, I, again, if the top four teams are solidified, there's no round robin for any of them, and maybe, or maybe, or maybe it's the top six teams are, and then eight through twelve is fluctuating. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think pl- me, I, I think playing is fun, and I don't think I don't think the team who who gets like the six seed necessarily busted their ass to earn it, but like also. This caters better to going back to conference standings. Like your division shit's like weird. We like clouds this up, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I, there's gonna be no legs on that. Do I don't, a wild I don't card think. game like like baseball. Yeah, that's what, that's all I mean. Like or like a wild a wild three game series, which I yeah. thought these would be. I'm kind of surprised these are five game series. 
I think that they wanted to because they are doing this stupid round robin thing. They needed, they needed, they needed, the, needed time. the time for it. Yeah. Which, again, I don't think I'll ever get over. I mean, look, everybody has the same odds going into the round robin, and it is what it is. But the fact that they handed out the president's trophy, which they could have kept for all I care, but still made us play in for for seeding, just drives me nuts. I mean, not to mention you, you know, we had to shut down for for three, four, however long it was, months, um, and I'm not saying anything against that. I'm just saying the fact that we still had to play in after we're already at a disadvantage by not playing games for so long. Like, that should be our one advantage over everyone else because we won the President's Trophy is that we get that number one seed. Now, yeah. would that hurt us because we don't have any practice under our legs? Because It doesn't seem to be helping us right now, right. but I, I don't know. I, but I'm just saying, I still think that it's kind of unfair to, even if it wasn't us that won the President's Trophy, I think it's unfair to whoever it was that won it this year that still had to play for that seeding. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm but, saying. I, again, the top four stays as is. The regular seeding, season earnings for them stay the same. Yeah. But because uh, this round robin shit only makes sense because there was an... Uh, a very random four to five months off. Right. You know, that's the only reason this round robining makes sense. Cause otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like parts of it. Let's just, let's just, let's just go back to normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, for real. Let's work on that as like also society and everything else. Let's get fans in the building. Let's, uh, I don't know. We don't need to change hockey for good. No, absolutely not. Um, um, and they definitely are a league that is good with updating itself for better or worse. They, I would agree. They, uh, they seem more active on it than, than other, you know, like baseball just like fucks up and adds instant replay, you know, whereas like, I don't know the divisions thing. I, I, I still, I still think I'd rather the eight teams or eight teams make the playoffs in the Eastern conference, ignoring this whole COVID shit. I miss the, I miss the, the smaller divisions, like the three or four four each rather than just four total yep um it's just it's a little convoluted but i get it and like they changed up the all-star format and it's more interesting you know hockey tries props to them I, for that better yep for better not everything's gonna stick you know with everyone so now with how terrible these last few games have been do you have any bright sh aside from chris wagner do you have any bright spots in any of these games i mean Halak didn't play well. Rask didn't play well. Um, do you have anything really that's that's positive about these last few games? Uh, I mean, the glimmers from Rask are good, especially when you heard him coming out and saying like, "Oh yeah, I didn't even really think about hockey." <laughs> like, yeah, okay, that's a very Rask thing to say. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Glimmers of him turning it around might be good. I think in the first round he's going to drive us nuts for better or worse, and so we need offense and. Uh, Again, glimmers of offense around. Shout out to Chris Wagner. Oh, yeah. Wait, um, wait, wait. Hang on. But I don't mean to cut you off, but there's one thing that in particular that really makes me angry over these last few games. Actually, it's it kind of is two things. No, nobody will is willing to shoot the puck. Right. So I don't understand what the issue is with that because you have a lot of players in this team who have a really good shot. So I don't know if it's because there's no fans in the stands screaming at them to yell shoot the puck or what, but like shoot the puck. Like yeah. I don't understand what the problem is. The the That's other been a thing problem that all makes year. me the other thing that makes me insane is that the only person that the Bruins think is able to shoot a puck is Pasta. Yeah. So they will so not take can't a shot. Tee him up, they will yeah. yeah, they will only pass to him to give him a shot. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean Wagner's had some dirty goals and that's usually what he's good for. Right. So it's not even really about him taking too many shots. It's like he's just hustling for these goals and digging it out and getting the goals. So just there's so many shots that they passed up. Bergeron, Marchand, everyone that could have been potential goals. And it just makes me insane. But let's let's continue back onto the positive thing before I go crazy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I love Tori dropping the gloves. Um, yeah. I just think that... Uh, 
you know, especially for him on a contract year. Uh, you know, I, I'm with you on the part earlier. I, I take him over to Brusque. I like leadership. I like experience, and I like uh, grit. And do you think he's gone? What? What? Do you think it's one or the other? No, but well, no, but do you think that Krug is gone regardless of what happens? Regardless of not. whether they keep DeBrusque or not. I think there's a I mean, I think there's a serious argument to be had that that this is the time when that's make or break and I think the way he's been playing is shows that he he might think that he has a shot at playing for it. I I just worry because he's he basically quarterbacks that that power play unit and he is a great bench guy and he's a great um team guy i mean he's he's absolutely stepped up his defensive game over the last couple of years krug is At a bigger point, hole in two years or three years when chara's gone right you know what i, I mean I so totally chara's agree. back next year fine you don't notice you don't notice the holes that are really there until krug's gone that second year so i i hope right. i really hope not and i think it's really short-sighted and i think he he should be honestly maybe top of the list and that's just how i value leadership and locker room heads um but like when Chara's gone, it's it's a much more significant blow, and I, I just hope they're considering that with whatever the decision they make. I guess. Well, I sort of feel like they are holding on to Chara. I mean, I know he wants to play, but I feel like they're they're willing to let him play for as long as he's gonna ask them to play. Yeah. Because they're holding out for Carlo to be that number one guy defensively. Right. McAvoy offensively and defensively he's more of a hybrid type player is is definitely going to be an elite goal to, uh sorry defenseman in this league but i think that they're looking to carlo to be that shut down defenseman do you think they being, look at mcavoy as a higher ceiling krug uh i would say he's he's better than krug just based on the fact that right but do you think they see like a redundance in it uh i i suppose they could but then again, we don't want to go back to uh, Claude, where it was all defense, no offense. Right. You know, we can't just have no. Lozon we finally got pucks on and net Carlo after all these years. Right. And now that we have Krug and Grizzlick and McAvoy, I mean, we're pretty evenly, uh, you know, spread out on the back end there. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean. I hope that they don't let Krug go for nothing. Uh, I hope they at least talk. But c- going into this in training camp and stuff, he was he was interviewed and they had basically said, you know, he or he said, I, I realize that this could be my last run with these guys, so I'm trying to make the best of it, make the most of it, and, you know, we go from there. Our, our ultimate goal is winning the cup, but, you know, this could be it, and I'm going to play like it. I'm going to play like it is. Yeah. So I hope it's not the case, but we'll see. We will. He's not going to get paid more than Pasternak. He's not going to get paid more than Bergeron, which he's seeking a contract bigger than that, so it seems. Yeah. And I don't think that he's worth that. I, I love Krug, and I think he's a great player, but but I think he's worth $6.5 I don't think he's worth more than that. No, I don't think so either. And at that, and at that point, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a no-go. He's also got to kind of understand his surroundings. and uh, Some other team will absolutely pay him. Sure. But... I, I don't think that we can afford it without jeopardizing the future of the franchise. Yeah, and, you know, maybe he's just, like, literally, like, this is going to be my run because I might just grab cash next year and I might be I might never be good again. I might never be on a team that's a comp- competitor again. I hope that's not the case because I know that he loves Boston. I know he loves the guys on the team. They all get along so well outside of the game. Sure, and- but if his bottom line, he knows they're never going to hit. It's just, like, kind of like an acceptance. On his well, part. not only that, but he also probably realizes. I mean, you got to put yourself in in some of these guys' shoes too. Don't get me wrong; they make plenty of money, but if somebody's willing to throw nine million at you as opposed to six, don't you have to really consider that and take it? I mean, he has a family. He has like, I'm not saying six million dollars isn't a lot of money. I know people are like, oh, you know, easy for you to say and blah blah blah. Like, enough. It's just. <laughs> You need to think about that kind of stuff. If somebody's going to give you more money, I mean, you have to actually think about it as a human being to be like, well, so now my grandson's grandson can have whatever he wants. You know, like, 
when you start making these crazy contracts worth like 40, 50 million dollars, it's you know, it's a no brainer sometimes. Right. So I don't know. I, I really hope he stays. I hope they can come to some kind of conclusion. But I also hope that Sweeney doesn't just move on from him because he doesn't think that they're going to come to a agreement. Yeah, I mean, Sweeney does seem a little quick with that shit, so. Sometimes, yep. Yeah, he can. But, I don't know. Not a lot of positives here, unfortunately. Hopefully we'll have something better with the Washington game. I would love to, I mean, I think that will give this team a big boost going into the actual playoffs, knowing that they beat Washington, who has their number. Yeah, I, and I don't think they'd look at it like we do, that Washington's been eating shit, but. No, I don't think so. No, I think that I think that would be a good boost, and maybe it would remind Marshawn we got to play hockey well. <laughs> yeah, and try no no eight second line changes. No, if he could if he could go ahead and match his shot total in two games in the next game, I'd be very happy. That'd be sick. Yeah, yeah. Not too much to ask. It's a shot a period. He's got it. Spe- speaking of shots, though. The Celtics took a lot of shots last night. They sure did, and they hit a lot. And they they hit a lot of shots. They absolutely did. And you know what? They hit the most shots, or at least they scored the highest that they have all year long. And they did it without Kemba Walker at all. I looked at that score this morning because I didn't end up watching the whole game, and I was like, did they really drop 149? They really did. They really did. That's impressive. It it was, and, uh, you know... A lot of bench guys looking good. A lot of the rookies who weren't really getting a shot looking good. Robert Williams the third, I think, making a huge argument that he needs minutes. Uh, I believe he had a career high last night, uh, and he's and he's he's all over the glass. Daniel Tice, um, Romeo Langford looking like he belongs out there. Uh, I want to go back. I mean, because that Nets game, you know, take it as you may. That team's a scrapper. Is full of scrappers. I don't know. Did you get this story? Do you know how they beat the Bucks? Yeah, and supposedly they spoke with one of the Rockets players, and I didn't hear this. Go I don't ahead. know if it was a it was either a Rocket player. Or, I don't know, but the team that the Bucks had just beat the night before, they saw them at the pool at the resort, and they told them how to beat them. Oh, good. And that's how the Nets beat the Bucks. <laughs> and so, I mean, I guess no one at the pool told them how to beat the Celtics, or maybe where we can I'm hold our own better or whatever. <laughs> but. um you know, that, say what you want about that Nets team. Yes, we should have won 149 points against anybody is something to celebrate. Um, my biggest issues, <coughs> excuse me, my biggest issues were in the loss to, uh, <coughs> my God, something's in my throat, uh, the loss two games ago. Um, and I think we lost for one reason alone. And I think it's the same reason that we'll lose all year. And um, I'm gonna someone someone who finds his way off, someone who who shoots their way off my shit list always quickly finds its way back their way back on, and uh, that's Mr. Brad Wanamaker. The the Heat game was so infuriating. Like they didn't even have, and like I I know I've said on here my sleeper pick for the East would be the Heat, and I know they're nothing to mess with. But without Jimmy Butler, like that's a team we need to beat. They finally did the thing like like Kemba's on minutes restrictions, which is frustrating to watch. Each minute he gets three or four more minutes than he could the time before, but they weren't playing him in crunch time for some of those. And that was like, I don't know, that, I was just like, why don't you just save him for crunch time? They did that against the Heat, but you had Brad Wanamaker chucking bricks up. You had Shemi Ojale <laughs> shooting with like 10 seconds left on the shot clock. Just shit that didn't make any fucking sense. We'd get so close, we'd get the stops that we need, and then we'd wouldn't score, and then Goran Dragic would hit a three. And that happened, I swear to God, for the entire second half of that game, up until the point where we only lose by six, but like we never had a, really a taste at winning that game. That was infuriating. It was a little concerning. The Heat are people we, we could definitely see in the playoffs, and even with a full Kemba, I don't know. The, there was no Jimmy Butler. You know that There might be mat, matchup concerns with the Heat. Um, and then... Uh, Another team in the East that is just absolutely dominating, the Pacers. T.J. Warren is playing out of his mind. He dropped 58 or something in this, in the first game. What? Against the Sixers. What? Yeah. It just uh, – what's happening? They're, they're doing this without Sabonis. 
and they they blew someone out today. They I believe they're undefeated since being back. It's, wow. So there's some middle ground East teams. Listen, we haven't even talked since the Bucks game. Fuck Giannis for getting eight fouls in a game. More fuck the referees for that. I guess you can just punch Tice in the stomach, but since it wasn't his fucking gonads, it's fine. The fuck yeah, out of here fine. with that shit. Whatever. <laughs> what I learned in the Bucks game is we can beat the fucking Bucks, but we got to get to the Bucks. And I'm yeah. worried about how the Heat look, and I don't know how we're going to look against the Pacers. I don't know if we even play them in one of these eight games. I think we might. I hope we do. I would love to get a little bit of a measurement there. Um, the Raptors look scary, but, like, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think we can hang with the Raptors, but maybe not. Maybe they'll blow the doors off us. The East is tough is what I'm learning. And the Celtics are ups and downs. It's just Brad needs to figure out his tight playoff rotation and kind of stick to it, and that's not entirely what he does. So <laughs> I'm concerned a little bit. Uh, he's obviously still trying out new lineups. I think this is the perfect time for it with eight games, but – We'll see who we have in the first round and how we handle them, and that'll be interesting. So we only have four games left. Yeah. Yep. Toronto, Orlando, Memphis, and Washington. Yep. Uh, hmm. That should be, you know, that should the, the last two are, are are wins, I think, or we or we just or our playoff spot solidified and we we bench people. Um. You know, Memphis has lost their their big uh, Justin Jaron Jr. out for the season torn meniscus. Um, tough for them. Tough go for Memphis because they were they were fighting to hold on to that eight seed that was theirs, and uh, you know they're winless throughout right now. So, uh, and then the do wa- you Washington, see... obviously, the kind of kind of the joke of the bubble. Sorry, Jamel. Do, he said, "Do it you on see me. this? <laughs> do you see this team, this Celtics team? Like, so say Tatum." Or Jalen Brown have an off game where they barely, you know, they're, they're barely showing up. Can they still win? Because it seems like the only times that they win is when they go off. Yeah, it's concerning. Uh, it's concerning that there isn't that third guy. But you put a, you look at how Kemba's playing with his restricted minutes, and he's kind of out of his mind. So I think so. I I, I think we I think we can with the three of them, and one if one of them doesn't show up. There's another guy who's showing up a lot, and there's a problem that he's going to leave the bubble at some point. And that's Gordon Hayward. Gordon, yeah, was, and they're running the pick and roll that. through him. Like Gordon Hayward yep. looks fucking good out there. Yep. And it's so funny when he's pissed off because he's yelling at the refs with his fucking midwestern mustache, and he just looks like a <laughs> such a dad from the '50s. It's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, there's there's some question marks with that. I mean, I think if I think when Gordon Hayward leaves, you're going to see some insane minutes for Romeo Lan- Langford, and it's going to be like kind of a put up or shut up type situation for the 16th overall pick from last year. Uh, that's interesting to me. I don't know. I do. I think that I still think the Celtics have an absolute shot at the title this year. It's just so does so many other teams. Just like we were anticipating, the playing field is clearly level. Orlando. Orlando's going to be a game we're going to want to pay attention to. They they look mean. They're dropping lots and lots of points. They just lost Jonathan Isaac. Maybe that maybe that's a difference maker. But like it's just I want to see how we match up against everybody, and we could be looking at a first round against the Sixers or the Heat or the Pacers, and we got to be ready for that. Yeah, I mean to be honest, the Sixers have not been looking too hot. But I mean, everybody, everybody uh, is different when it comes time to actually like kind of similar to what Marshan had said. Like when your back's up against the wall and this is elimination time, teams tend to play different or players tend to play different because they know that this is it. Yeah, and um, you know, as young as we are. Jalen Brown has that playoff experience. Jason Tatum has that playoff experience. And I think we'll yep. see how valuable that really is. Um, it's just other teams don't necessarily not have it. And it, the the Heat have the least amount, but I still think they're very scary. Um, I, it's just – but they also – they have the least amount, and then they have Andre Iguodala they just added. So they have – what they lack in personal experience, they have a guy who can tell you every side of – everything in the finals game or in a playoff yeah. game you know the guy who's been on numerous warriors teams you know and been around the league for upwards of 15 years 
So there's just a the East is is tough. The Lakers clinching the West was so just sad. Like they really can't get their offense going. I the Lakers. I think if I was a Lakers fan, I'd be a little bit like, oh well. I mean, I think I feel like a lot of them were just like, well, LeBron and AD will figure it out at the same time. Blah blah. I think there needs to be a third person, and I don't think that that guy necessarily clearly exists. I I would agree. I mean, I, I don't think that they're as scary as people thought they were going to be. Yeah, but. If it, it like you said, kind of if those guys figure out figure it out at the same time and really turn it on, uh, I mean they're that's that's a scary team. They sc- they scraped by the Clippers in that first game, and the Clippers were without Harrell and Lou Will. Every Clippers fan I know was felt fine about that loss. <laughs> you know, every Clippers yeah. fan I know was like, mm, I, I'll see you in the playoffs, Lakers. I'm like they they all, every Clippers fan I know wants the Lakers in the playoffs. You know. Well, they got something to prove against them, I suppose, right? For I mean, sure. It's, always, For it's sure. always a rivalry. But it's not false confidence. Paul George is playing out of his mind. Kawhi Leonard's playing out of his mind. The West the West is the side is the side to beat, I think. But the East so, is the East is gonna be a journey getting there. We're gonna have some wonderful playoff basketball in the East. How do you see us faring in the last four games here and then going into the, the first round of the playoffs? What was the first one? The first for the last four games, so Toronto, Orlando, Toronto. Memphis, and Toronto Washington. Toronto is the game where I would love it for us to win, and I think that I think I think the Toronto game is going to have a playoff vibe. Um, yeah, I think we can still technically leapfrog them. I don't think we will. They're playing incredible because um, we would need them to lose outside of us. Um, that game and then the Orlando game are are two really competitive games that I think we need to size ourselves up and play. You know the best basketball we can. I imagine Kemba's going to still be restricted, but he's he's up to twenty seven minutes. So I mean, what I don't I don't even know what he averaged, but he's he I think I think he averages around twenty eight twenty nine. Like I think he's right around there. Maybe not. Maybe maybe he's like thirty two. But yeah. um, I don't know. We're gonna have a maybe Kemba off the leash type deal to really assess what's going on against the Raptors. I do think that's going to be a playoff vibe. Orlando might be an interesting playoff vibe. I think they're trying to play up to leapfrog the Nets. If they haven't already, they may have already. Um, so those two games that I would look for us to take seriously, and then uh, I would think the last two have the potential of being starters in the first half, like, like we saw the scrimmages, starters in the first half, start, starters in the first quarter, and then uh, you know bench guys playing for lineup spots. I'll be interested to see how quickly they start the first round after this. Is it going to be, you know, the following? The last game that we have is on a Thursday, the 13th. Be curious if they start on, like, the 17th or, you know, how they're going to I think it's scheduled. It. I think it is scheduled. Is it? Because they, they have through the finals scheduled. So, I think so it is on the, the Celtics website, it's, it's not up there. Like, typically, I, I would think it would say to be determined for the opponent. but I think it's a matter of a date. couple of factors, and one of them being is there, there's supposed to be a play-in game. For in the West, or they're expecting a play-in game, and that could turn into a play-in series of sorts. So I didn't realize this going into it, and that's why we haven't talked about it to this point. But it's going to be a play-in series. They're anticipating a play-in series between the eight seed and the ninth seed. In that series, the eight seed just has to win one game, but the ninth seed has to win twice. Okay. <laughs> no idea. The truly the it feels like the NBA is doing everything they can to give Zion Williamson a shot, um, <laughs> and all the power to him. He's the future. So. Did you see somebody? I don't know who made the comment today, so I apologize for that. But somebody had said that Zion is in a race against his own body <laughs> because they they think that he's too big for basketball. Oh man, like that's a like that's a thing. Like, what about Shaq and? All you know, like all these big, huge guys. It's not like it's not just that Shaq was tall; he was a big boy. Like Zion, yeah, he's a big guy, but like it—that's what's going to make him dominant in this league. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think you can argue both sides of it. I, I personally think uh, Zion is the new form of unicorn, whereas the last unicorn was a seven foot three Latvian guy who could shoot the three, <laughs> and now it's this six foot. Eight, who is actually six foot six, second heaviest man in the NBA, who can get his head above the rim. 
I don't I don't know I don't know how an NBA player like that's going away. I mean, are there injury concerns a little bit here and there? He t- but he tore his meniscus and came back from it. Right. And he looks solid. I don't know. I I get it, but th- there's always naysayers and I think the naysayers can't say he sucks. So they have to say shit like it's a race against its own body. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of a ridiculous comment for them to make. Yeah. I just I I think they're just wrong. I I think we're we're just going to see he, he looks bigger and he doesn't look like that's hurting him in any way. He looks scarier because of it. Everything he does ho- on the basketball court looks scarier. I hope they're wrong, to be honest with Me you, too. because I, I, I would love to see a player like him succeed and all that. I mean, he's, a, he's, he's clearly a star basketball player, but, you know, seeing somebody like him succeed in this league, especially if he could almost carry his own team, I mean, it's something that you don't really see anymore. You see LeBron, and he claims that he carries every team that he's on, which at times he does. I'm not going to try to take that away from him, but he's also been on super teams for a lot of his career as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to tell me like he couldn't take a night off? Now, yeah, now exactly. also, a night off for LeBron was probably still 20 points. But, yeah, you know, I I, I think I think Zion's al- around for a very long time. I do think he's the future of the league. I hope he's the future of the league. And I think him and Morant's relationship and rivalry has a shot at being better than uh, what Melo and LeBron's was, you know, coming from the same draft. Uh, and they've been friends yeah. for a very long time. I hope someday they can play on the same team to- together, though. That may be the – we may look in three years and say that'll be the most unfair teaming up we've seen in a long time. Um, <laughs> I think John Morant deserves Rookie of the Year because he played all year. I think Zion is, is legit. He's the truth. But, you know, he he didn't play until January, and John Morant almost made the fucking Grizzlies the eighth seed in the playoffs. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I think it's also. I think we're gl- going to be glad that they're tanking right now because I think that means we're going to get their draft pick. I'm not sure. I'm pretty pretty sure. Nice. I haven't thought about the draft in so damn long, but I'm, if I recall correctly, that's how it is. So, yep. shout out to John Morant. Shout out to Zion. Don't he's not listening to the haters, but they're they're gonna they're gonna be around for a long time because I think he is. Well, we got a lot of we got a lot more games coming up. Um, you know. We haven't even gotten to the first round of either of the playoffs, whether it's hockey or basketball yet. Um, so we're really looking forward to that stuff coming around. Hopefully the Bruins can really get their, you know, get everything together. They, they're not playing well. Um, I don't, as a fan, don't want to hear about ice conditions. Don't want to hear about this and that because every team is playing on the same ice in the East. So everybody has these same ice conditions that are poor, it's just they're not making good or thorough passes and things like that. So hopefully when the games actually really start to matter more, um, they can get it together. And the Celtics, I mean, they they look like they're on the right path. They've had some bad games. I mean, they had that game where they ended up winning, uh, what was it, against Portland, where they were up by like almost 30 or, or, or 30. It was 24, yeah. Up, yeah, and then ended up winning by four points. Yeah, I mean, I mean if that's some scary stuff. That was an amazing game to watch if you weren't a Celtics fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. And maybe not a Blazers fan, too, uh, since they didn't pull it out. But, yeah, I mean. They have some question marks as well is basically what I'm trying to get at. But Still some question overall, marks, but what, the, the top not question mark, just like you said, what did I like the most out of the Bruins? What do I like the most about the Celtics? Jalen fucking Brown. Holy shit, man. He's such the real deal. And everyone is acknowledging it. They're like, this like almost all-star. And Dwayne Dwayne Wade on the broadcast was like, nah, like this guy just is. He should have been. He is is an uh, all-star level player. And he, man, he's he's like neck and neck with Tatum. Like, honestly, like there's, I think there's, I I agree with the notion that Jason Tatum could be the, like the next guy. But I, I think you're. I think you're wrong if you leave Jalen out of that possibility. He's blown through well, his ceiling each of the three years he's been in the league, or four now. For us, it doesn't hurt to have two. Hell no. Hell no. And they're definitely the dynamic duo. And then you have Kemba Walker as a third. Let's go. Maybe Tournament as a fourth. Let's go. And I'm absolutely eating my words with this because when they originally gave Jalen Brown that contract, I don't I, I was not the only one to be like, Really? Yeah. You gave him that? You gave him what? Yeah. Uh, and so far, he's earning what he got, and he seems to, you know, if he keeps up the way that he's playing um, just into the future, 
I mean, you you got a steal. He, it looks like a steal right now. This year, it looks right. like that guy's worth more than twenty five million dollars. It's right. it's amazing. And uh, I long live the future of Jalen Brown. Long live the future of Jason Tatum. And uh, the other one I'd love to keep in the mix for a long time is Marcus Smart. My God, I missed watch. I missed basketball. I missed watching everyone watch basketball or play basketball. But there's something different about watching Marcus Smart play basketball. Man, he just does everything. You the stats don't even show, and just his heart, his grit, and like he's a, he's like a. I was real gonna say he's Celtic. a grinder. He's a re- he's a grinder. Yeah. He's a real deal Celtic. So I mean, it's just it's been beautiful to watch this team. It's been frustrating. Both teams have been frustrating, but I think that's the beauty. This is what we asked for, right? We wanted it back. We of course want to yeah, win, I mean, it, but it's back, and uh, for better us or worse, to talk about yeah, <laughs> sports are definitely back. That's the that's, yep. that's the real thing. So. I'm excited, man. We'll see. I, I guess uh, probably next time we check in with you guys, we'll have all the answers because it'll probably be right after Sunday, at least for the Bruins. Yep. Hell yeah. Um. So yeah, fingers crossed on these next couple games for both teams because you know at least the next game for the Bruins and then the next few for the Celtics as well. I mean, we want to see them put out some some serious effort and some. Um, it gives you something to look forward to moving forward, thinking that they're actually gonna be able to compete against some of these other teams. I mean, I feel less worried today about the Celtics than I do about the Bruins. I mean, until I see something from the Bruins, I'm 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 nervous, man. I don't know, but um like I said, fingers crossed and we'll we'll check back in after the next couple games and uh we'll have at that point two Celtics games to talk about at least and then the the Bruins game as well, so um the two important Celtics for the games best too, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I've been so, trying to follow along, like, even with just the West, with how this – I don't even get how the ninth seed works. Because one thing I didn't consider is that all these teams have played a different amount of games. So I, I'm just going to be like, all right, uh, we'll see how the seeding ends up. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, right, I don't exactly. Really, yeah. I don't know if what two-and-a-half game, games back matters I don't or, or means, or if we're coming in with those. I can look into it. I should stop rambling about what I don't know. But uh, it's interesting. It's good to have basketball back. I don't think anybody understands it right now. No, I'll just take it when it's done, and I'll go from there. Yep. It's almost normal. We're almost to the normal part of this for both. Almost. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get there. Hell yeah. All right, buddy. All right, my guy. All right, shout out to Stretched. Shout out to Stretched. Take us home. Thanks for listening.